Here we go. Rejecting the screen. Thanksgiving week. Noah Kozlov out here on the East Coast. Adam Stenko out West. Just two plugged in dudes talking hoops and a little bit of life. You know, last Friday night, we told you during the week what we were pumped for. We had good reason to be pumped for that Clippers-Rockets game on Friday night. And Adam said he was pumped to see Anthony Lamb go up against UVA. And you said Anthony Lamb from Vermont is an NBA player, and he put up 30 on a Tony Bennett team. Yeah, nobody does that. He went off and so even surpassed my expectations. I'm always curious to see how mid-major guys do when they get a chance to play against the big, big boys. It's actually a really good indicator about how a guy can do at the next level because it's one thing when you're dominating competition uh, at the mid-major level, but when you get a chance to go up against defenses that are poised to stop you and NBA-level defenders, and certainly Virginia's defense is even somewhat beyond that because of the way that they they defend every single possession. For the kid to put up 30 points and go 7 of 14 from 3, 6'6 six, six senior, uh, it was pretty cool to watch that performance for sure. You know, I think we should get some music for this podcast, too. Yeah, that's what we're missing, especially when I talk. You know, we should I, get some music. I, and, and Eden's been playing the recorder recently. Maybe I, just have her re- maybe I just have her record something with her recorder. And that's our intro with her music. Recorder. And again, remind, remind people how old Eden is before, again, I'm, I always so, think the people are there listening, maybe for the first time, and they think Eden's your, you know, right, 19-year-old so daughter five. just hanging out playing the recorder. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Eden's five, so I think we should have Eden play in the recorder and maybe Hudson, your son, who's two, banging mm-hmm. on the pots and pans. Sure, sure. Let's do it. Let's see how that goes over. It'll be innovative. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's figure sure. that out. Coming up, on, coming up on Thursday, we do going ISO. So on Tuesdays, you get the two of us for about 25, 30 minutes. Then on Thursdays, right here on Rejecting the Screen, you get going ISO, a long-form interview. Go back and listen to PJ Carlissimo, Ryan Russillo, Sam Mitchell, Richard Jefferson, and others. This Thursday, we've got Peter Vesey. Just Google Peter Vesey. Peter Vesey invented NBA entertainment journalism. He was the first single-sport columnist for the New York Post and the first columnist to have NBA scoops also. He was... He was the must read. He combined everything that you want from multiple NBA journalists now into one. That was Vessi. So look for that conversation on Thursday. Adam, you know, the conversation this week has been a lot about, again, load management and TV ratings and the negative things about the NBA. I don't want to be negative. Oof. Why don't we just focus on the positive? We talked about Luca last week, and even the week before, picked up steam this week. What about the Lakers? What about Giannis with a 16-game double-double streak to start the season? First time that's been done since 1981 in Moses Malone. But even Luca, second youngest next to KD with, three, with four straight 30-point games. In his last four games, and we're recording this on Monday, in his last four games, he's 37. Nearly 12 assists, eight and a half rebounds, shooting 55% from the floor, 44% from three. Let's stretch this out. 30 point game, 30 point 10 assist games in four straight over the past 35 years. It's just Jordan, Harden, who's done it three times, and Russ. But again, as you know, I'd much rather watch Luka than a full game than James Harden in a full game. Yeah. I mean, first of all, statistically, he's off the charts. 
I mean, that that's a given. And we we have numbers and I have some other stats that are similar to the ones that you you pulled up that that put him in just rarefied air for sure. The thing that I've been most impressed with as far as Luca goes is how easy he makes it look. That's the thing that just blows me away. And that was the thing you're watching on tape as he was EuroLeague MVP as a teenager. And people don't understand just how difficult that was. I mean, the fact that guys at a young age, if, they, if they're if they getting even just on some of these EuroLeague rosters on competitive teams and getting just a few minutes, they become NBA prospects. So now all of a sudden you have a kid that was MVP as a teenager, but still there are questions. Oh, is he athletic enough? Uh, is he a little bit overweight was a question at one point. Uh, you know, is he quick enough? Is he fast enough? Well, certainly all of those questions have been put to rest and in disarming fashion because of what he's done so quickly. But it's how easy he makes it all look. I mean, he sets you up with his handle and he can hit step backs like he's James Harden or he attacks the rim. He finishes really softly. His shooting's impressive. His passing is off the charts. He's always looking to pass. And because he's so multifaceted, every other part of his game has to be respected. And that is what enables him, his change of speeds, all those things. That's what enables him to get to the spots he wants, get to areas where he can finish, get to the uh, ability to pass the basketball. All those things are one plays off the other, and he knows how to use that. His basketball IQ is just absolutely insane. Uh, At 30, 10, and 9, which is what his numbers are right now in the season, that's bananas. The last player besides Luka or Russell Westbrook to average 30 points and just 10 rebounds a game in a season was Carl Malone in 89-90. So we're talking 30 years ago. Last player to go 30 points, 9 assists in a season besides Luka or Westbrook, Tiny Archibald in 72-73. And here's the biggest thing is that all of his numbers are meaningful. All of his numbers are meaningful. We talked before the year about whether they would need a third guy, and Tim Hardaway lately has has started to somewhat emerge, playing well. He's played well. He shot it well. But other than Porzingis and and Luka, that's the star power on this team. And that's the remarkable part for me, is that not only is he putting up numbers, but he's doing it in a way that is even more meaningful than when Westbrook was doing it with, with the Thunder. And we're going to get into national TV ratings in a moment. So let's focus on national TV for the Mavericks. They've got the Clippers on Tuesday night on NBA TV. Should be a good number for NBA TV. They're in New Orleans against the Pels on December 3rd on TNT. And it's a shame. We'll discuss this in a moment. If it was Luka Zion, would be through the roof. <laughs> then they get the Bucks again on NBA TV. So Luka and Giannis on December 16th. And then on December 20th, they're in Philadelphia on ESPN. So these, so so if you haven't been paying attention to Luca yet, and I'm gonna hit, I'm gonna hit Brendan Haywood here. So he was on, he co-hosts the morning show starting lineup on SiriusXM NBA Radio, and he said that yesterday he wasn't really paying attention much to Houston Dallas because the Pats Cowboys game was on, and he had it on maybe in the background on another screen. But come on, he said, come on, Pats Cowboys are on. I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be watching. Mavs Rockets in November. Well, one, it's your job. Okay. <laughs> All right. And and two, you shouldn't be acting like the average NBA fan. Right. That you're just you're just tuning in when you hear that it's going to be Zion's back or a monumental moment. 
this is a monumental moment. This is Luca against James Harden and Russell Westbrook. So if you weren't watching, as Brendan wasn't, you missed a good one. Real quick, what else is going on on the Lakers side of things? So right now, the Lakers are on their longest winning streak since they opened up 8-0 to open up the 2010-2011 season. And how about this note on LeBron? I know he says he's not getting to the line or he didn't get to the line in their previous game against Memphis and he didn't get a good nap because there were things going on across the street and he wasn't pleased about it. And Anthony Davis on another level. LeBron's assist percentage mm-hmm. is 50.7. So assist percentage is the estimated field goals that from his teammates that he has assisted on. Last year, he was at 39%. For his career, he's at 36%. He is at nearly 51%. So for any questions about who's the best teammate he's ever had, uh, there should be no question. It's Anthony Davis. There's no question. I mean, look what he is doing to extend LeBron's career. And we know, we know that LeBron is probably the poster child for this generation for career extension. You look at you look at LeBron and when he came into the league and the fact that he's being compared to some of the greats all time for look what LeBron is doing this season, considering that he came in in 2003. But what's wild is it's he's the example for all the modern amenities, nutrition, work on his body, different things, whether it's, you know, Pilates or yoga or, or what have you, uh, the way he has built himself up physically. Uh, And then just the load management, which he has been a a major guy in that load management game because every year it seems like LeBron was was the superstar that would say, I'm going to take a week off here. I I need some rest physically, mentally. I'm a little bit exhausted, so I'm I'm going to take some time. We've seen that the last few years. And now he played well, he played 82. He's played 82 once and last year he was hurt. So that was the question of how he was going to handle this year. Yes, yes. I, but the big thing, though, Noah, is the idea when when he needs it, he will take time is, is sort of my my bigger point is that when when LeBron knows his body and has his team, if you will, and I'm not referring to the Lakers or in the yeah. past Cavs or what have you, when his team feels like he needs some time, he's going to take his time and uh, didn't stretch it out over a full season like we've seen with Tim Duncan and, and Kawhi. But I think he is the poster child for the guy that could really extend his career. And I think this is the next generation of guys. That's what we're going to see uh, is is all the guys coming up, these high school stars, you're going to start to see them have longer careers than we had seen in the past because of all the, the things they have now and realizing how impressive you can be long term. But the big thing to me is, as you just point out, Anthony Davis extending this career now because all of a sudden he doesn't have to attack the rim on every possession. He doesn't have to be a guy that goes and scores. He can now start to find people and distribute something he's always loved the most of all. And now he has the ability to do it. And he also doesn't have to be the guy to take over games and he can do it when he wants to. And that has been a cool thing to see. And really one of the things people have always talked about with LeBron, like imagine what he would do if he had a superstar teammate. I mean, he had Kyrie, but Anthony Davis probably, as you point out, uh, is is the guy that LeBron enjoys playing with more than than any other. I mean, even the assist numbers that you talk about, the assist percentage, when it comes to teammates, and, and there have been analytics that point out the, the passes per teammate, his passes to him and Dwayne Wade didn't pass the ball that much. It was a lot more iso ball for, the each, for each of them, and they locked down defensively, tried to get out and run. 
with him and Anthony Davis, he's looking for Anthony Davis, it feels like, on so many possessions during a game. And you'll get to see the Lakers on national TV on Wednesday. Lakers in New Orleans. So AD's return to the Big Easy. And I'll let you know in open gym what I do not want the Pelicans to do upon AD's return. But coming up next, what to focus on with the TV ratings. In our Rejecting the Screen segment, I know that the title of the whole program is Rejecting the Screen, but Rejecting the Screen means going against the norms and what is the accepted conversation. So let's talk about the TV ratings that are down. And there is a population that says, well, it's because there is no super team. That that's what, that the Warriors drove ratings. I would disagree. That it's because LeBron is playing out West. I would also disagree because it's load management. Look, Kawhi's not playing. I don't think there's a large segment of this population that is tuning in to watch Kawhi. I do think it impacts the overall, the load management impacts the overall perception of the league Mm -hmm. because you don't know who is going to play. And I think that is a problem. But Adam, as you know, from producing television for 20 years, stories drive games. So Carmelo's return to the NBA drove big ratings for NBA TV last week. If Kevin Durant was healthy, KD, Kyrie, the Nets would be driving ratings. If Steph and Clay were healthy playing together, they'd be driving ratings because look at the Warriors on the national TV schedule, even knowing that Clay wasn't going to be there. Steph drives ratings. We all expected Steph to have some crazy offensive year that we've never seen from him before, but Steph's out. Also, Zion Williamson. The Pelicans were all over the national TV schedule, and Zion's been out. So think about even this week with Mavs Pelicans. I would say that that rating is probably going to be a tenth of what it would have been if it was Luka and Zion. So I'm not I'm not buying the load management LeBron out West. I'm buying more the storylines, and also I think it's up to everybody in the media to discuss more of the storylines that I'm not saying be the PR arm, but actually find the stories that could boost the product that you spend all day talking about. It's interesting that you bring all this up because you mentioned how it's generally thought that not having the Warriors as a super team is what is hurting the ratings and that we walked into this season, unlike in recent memory, one I can't even remember that you don't even know for sure who you would say is the the favorite to win this thing. I mean, there's talk about the Lakers and the Clippers and even, you know, potentially the Bucks being in the mix, but but not knowing clear cut who the favorite is because the Warriors had been dominant for some stretch. It does have a Warriors part to this, but it's what happened to all those Warriors superstars. As you point out, injuries have been the number one reason the ratings are going down, which in a way means that those superstars, we're not going to see them on the floor, which means even more importantly, we're not going to see the storylines they represent. And the Zion one is huge. David Griffin before the year had talked about the idea that the, the Pelicans were in this weird predicament. You don't want to put everything uh, on Zion's shoulders because he was so young that all the marketing efforts, uh, all the the exposure that he was going to get, you you wanted to limit that as 
you know, the head of basketball for the Pelicans. But at the same time, he also understood the value that Zion represented, not just to the Pelicans, but to the league in general. Now you've got him injured. I mean, are people really going to be excited about Lonzo Ball or Drew Holiday or J.J. Redick? And, you know, oh, oh, they added Derek Favors and Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Like that. But meanwhile, every game Zion would have played on would have been a huge marquee event. And now it's whoever the Pelicans are playing is the reason to tune in storyline-wise. And I think you bring up a great point, though. At the end of the day, people need to be creative in their marketing efforts. It's one thing when the stars are out and everyone's healthy. That's fine. But now it, it calls on TV producers. It calls on marketing people, advertising execs to find ways because there are stories out there in the league. And you and I talk about them each week. But it calls on being more creative than just your clickbait headline of, oh, what did LeBron do this week? Or, you know, what, what's going on with Kawhi? Is he resting too much? Which is so easy to go there. But what about all the other cool storylines in the league? And obviously, as we talked about in the first segment, Luca being one of them. Right. And, and there's a, a conversation happening that the league is down, that interest in the league is down. Well, if you're just focusing on Nielsen boxes in homes of people watching television <laughs> to judge the health of the NBA, I wonder if your dentures fit. So digital consumption for the league, digital consumption for the league is through the roof. You can also look at, well, should they be flexing games? I do think later in the season, you will be able to do that a little bit. But in the, it's not like you can do it in football because in football, all the games or majority of the games are played on Sunday, so you can flex, so you can flex some games. On national TV nights, on ESPN and, and TNT nights, they reduce the number of games to be able to put the attention on the national TV game. So you can't just flex one game to the next to put it on national TV. And on Thursday nights, like the NFL had such an issue with their broadcast partners that the Thursday night games sucked. Mm-hmm. That the Thursday night games, they got a much better schedule this year. And it's going up against the NBA on TNT on Thursday nights. So you have the combination of a much better NFL schedule with the Warriors and the Pelicans being featured a ton on Thursday nights. That's going to lead to it also. But the health of the NBA should not be judged based on Nielsen ratings. Absolutely. And and the other big point I'd make on all this stuff is that the NBA has now prided itself on being more than any other sport, uh, a league in which people pay attention to it year round. And that is not going to be reflected in Nielsen ratings, but it will be, as you point, point out, it will be reflected in terms of the, you know, what, what's going on on the digital side of things. So NBA Twitter is on fire over the summer based upon all the player movement. We are coming off one of the biggest summers. I'm going to go, forget it. I'm going to say it is the biggest summer we've ever had as, as a sport. The NBA has never felt bigger over the course of a summer. Maybe you could argue in 92 when it's the dream team uh, playing in the, in the summer Olympics. But other than that, I mean, what happened this summer with nearly half the league being free agents and then all the big stars uh, that, that changed teams. I just think there's interest that goes on year round now. So to say then, because we're dealing with some injuries, because over the first few weeks of the season, uh, ratings seem to be down, as you point out, it is such the wrong way to look at this entire thing. So, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm fascinated. Plus, by the way, 
this MVP race is the most fascinating storyline yeah. that's, that's going to come about. I mean, what Harden is doing, historical. What Luca's doing, historical. What Giannis is doing, historical. And of course, then what's going on in LA with LeBron and, and Anthony Davis and how that'll all play out. Um, there are wonderful storylines around the league for sure. Plus, the NBA has the youngest audience of all major sports, and that's the demographic ditching television. That's going to impact things. Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. You can start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook, two Audible originals, absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash NBA. And if you're listening on the go and you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com slash offers. All right, in Open Gym, we're going to discuss Thanksgiving plans in a moment, what we're pumped about, and what I'm pumped about goes hand-in-hand with what the Pelicans cannot do on Wednesday. I'll be so disappointed in the Pelicans on Wednesday night if they roll out a tribute video for Anthony Davis. <laughs> I wish I wish the, the Lakers had another player on their roster who used to play for the Pelicans. I don't care if it was 10 years ago or last year. Roll out the tribute video for that player would be, would be great. Maybe there was an assistant trainer who used to be with the Pelicans who's now <laughs> with the Lakers. Something, something. As great as Anthony Davis was, three-time first-team All-NBA, only took him to two playoffs, won one playoff series. An all-world talent. He mocked that organization on the way out. The way that thing was handled, not just by AD, but his agent, but the T-shirt, the That's All Folks T-shirt that he wore into the arena was such a slap in the face. And, and so not only, not only do I hope that the Pelicans don't play a tribute video, I and I rarely have major rooting interests in games anymore. But I hope, I hope so badly that the Pelicans win this game and play that's all, folks, on oh. the big board at the end of the game. Or if Anthony Davis, if Anthony Davis fouls out, or if anybody fouls out on the Lakers, play that's all, folks. Oh that's that, that's what I'm rooting for. That's what I'm pumped about. That would be incredible. That's phenomenal. Noah, there's really not much else to add. It's uh it's wild when you think about how bad that exit was. And and by the way, for both of us, I think we both agree. Go where you want to go. I, I don't care where guys go and and when free agency pops up, that's another deal. When you're trying to keep in mind, people have to remember he was also trying to orchestrate a deal a year before his free agency was up. Those mm-hmm. are the ones sometimes that drive me crazy, but that that's probably a podcast we'll do at a later date about whether players should be able to actually publicly just ask for a trade, which I know happens, I think, in professional soccer uh, in Europe that, that like you just say, we're publicly saying that, that we want out of here, uh, which is different than this backdoor stuff that, that drives me crazy. Um, what I am pumped about this week is, again, we'll look up some college matchups of future NBA guys. So Miles Powell, who's the high-scoring guard from Seton Hall, who has really done a lot to transform his body and his game since he got uh, to East Orange, New Jersey. Uh, Miles Powell is going up against the Oregon backcourt, Peyton Pritchard, Anthony Mathis, Chris, Chris Duarte on Wednesday. And then 
your guy, Charles Bassey of Western Kentucky, who has been sort of this enigma. Everyone expected him to take over and be this dominant center when he got to Western Kentucky as he was such a highly rated recruit, still is on NBA radars, and, and he'll end up being a lottery pick. But Really? Uh, poten- potentially, potentially, just because of his size. I, I should say potentially. I don't – probably more mid-first rounder I'd expect okay. for sure if I'm going to guarantee something. I but – the bigger thing on on Bassey is that it'll be really interesting because he goes up against Stephen uh, Enoch from Louisville, who's an impressive future NBA center. Uh, Louisville also has Jordan Wara, but but Enoch is a guy that really, when you see again, as as I talked about um, earlier in the podcast, in terms of seeing guys that that uh, from mid majors when they get a chance to go up against NBA level competition, that really is something that appeals to NBA scouts. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. I've got a, I've got Western Kentucky for stadium. I do play by play against Belmont late December, right, right before new year's. That's what I've got. And speaking Ooh. of play by play, that's what I got over Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving, Marissa, my wife, Eden, five-year-old daughter, we're going to have dinner here, New York city, Wednesday night in the apartment. Then I leave Thursday. I heard there's a big snowstorm coming out towards Denver I'm leaving Thursday because you can never trust the weather. I've got a game early Saturday at Air Force, Air Force, Wyoming, nine and two Air Force, seven and four Wyoming. And I, the game's on Facebook too. So you can get into the comments and say, this Goslov guy sucks. And then I'll reply to you right there he will. on the air. He will. Sure. And, or I'll just tell you to mute your computer, <laughs> figure out another way to watch. And so I'm going to have Thanksgiving dinner with, um, an old high school friend and her husband in Denver and then get out to, uh, get out to air force. What do you, uh, Oh, and by the way, um, you know how much I, I hated the Halloween candy rankings yes. on Twitter. Yeah. How much oh, that drove me. I nuts? know where this is coming. Can uh, I guess, can I guess? Cause we haven't talked about this. Sure. Go you ahead. Despise the favorite Thanksgiving uh side fixin or side dish yes yes you those rankings must drive oh. you up a wall drives, drives oh. me up a wall drives me up a wall and and also i don't care if you like turkey or don't like turkey well that's that's care. really so what it comes else. down to that's really what it comes down to it's like the candy corn argument like like i love i love candy corn it does not matter to me whether someone else does or doesn't that that is always the craziest thing to me it's it's just like your fantasy lineup it's just like um well, probably how well your kids slept last night, which is a complaint that I usually put out there. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. Those rankings drive me up a wall too. I, my, our Thanksgiving, you know, we're on the West Coast. I grew up on the East Coast, um, Westchester, Pennsylvania, Malvern area. But uh, I'm not getting out to the East Coast this year. We are hosting Thanksgiving. And so my wife, Kate's whole family is is coming. There'll be like 26 people Um coming to our Thanksgiving dinner. It what was you, around. What are, you, what are you doing to yourself? You've got, <laughs> you've got, you've got three kids, two teenage girls, a two-year-old son. Your wife is pregnant. Yep. And halfway. Hosting... Today's the halfway mark, by the way. So we're okay. 20 weeks and, away. And your and, and your son barely sleeps and mm-hmm. you're having 26 people at your house for Thanksgiving. Yes. Like I was used to say that LeBron was the one who just thrived on chaos everywhere he went. Chaos. That's you, true. You you do it every hour of the day. Yeah, that's a good point. It's I'm I'm sort of a masochist. I I I guess it's just like the way I view the world is that it doesn't really bother me. So it it's like 
I think some comedian once told a joke that I've never been in a car accident, but I've seen a whole heck of a lot behind me. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) that's sort of how I live life. You know what I mean? Like there's just fires going on around me. There are people screaming. I'm in control rooms that are crazy late at night. And I'm just sort of, hmm, okay, throw out whatever at me and we'll be fine. We were at the 18 person mark for this. And then my wife's sister just sent her a text the other day and said, hey, can my husband's whole family come? My husband's family come, said my husband's family come. And she said, yeah, sure. And then she goes, yeah, it'll be another eight people or something. So that's what moved us from the 18 person mark to the 26 person mark. But are you going to have enough seats for all of them? No, no, we don't have enough seats in our. Well, that's OK, because at, because at the wedding, everyone was standing. <laughs> they're all they're all used. To it. They're used to it. That's amazing. They're all used. To, they're true. all. They're all used to stand. This is how we do things now in the family. Everybody just stands. There's no seats. For, <laughs> there's no. There's no seats for anybody. That's so true. All right. Yeah. On that note, pal, make sure that everybody subscribes, downloads, rates, reviews, but more significantly, just share it with somebody. Get the word out. We appreciate the five star ratings and all the comments wherever you get your podcasts. You can download, subscribe, rate, review everywhere. Coming on Thursday, going ISO with. The one and only, and trust me, there's only one and only, Peter Vesey. Adam, thanks, pal. Thank you, brother.